I'm Dr. Gene Hemsler, and you're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. For more than 25 years, my associates and I have been providing straightforward, no-nonsense advice for your financial questions. Email us at drgene at hemsler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R dot com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, May 2nd, 2020. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Money Talk. Good morning! What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running, most respected money show on the radio. I'm Troy Harmon, and I'm here today with some old friends. That's right. we got Jarrett McKenzie. Glad to be back. And there we go. And K.C. Smith on the line. He's he's doing it the Dr. Gene way. Dr. Gene's been calling in. And uh, we got If it's good enough for Dr. Gene, it's good enough for me. Oh, Don't why you not? <laughs> you know, uh, before the show, we were talking a little bit, though. Um, I don't think Dr. Gene has a cat, and I'm not even sure that he would sit that close to the litter box. Casey tells us he's in the basement next to the litter box. He's got mold growing on him, hadn't been in the house in a while. He's got the mask on, though, so maybe it's it's masking some of the smell. Yeah, it is brutal, I'm telling you. Is the cat wearing a mask? That's um, what I want to know. Yeah. You know, we have it's, had a it's few... It's different than the Corona mask. We, <laughs> we've had a, uh, a few instances where cats and even a couple of Bengal tigers in uh, the Bronx Zoo uh, contracted coronavirus. Oh, yeah. They gave that. them. Uh, they gave them the. I don't know. Would they swab the nose of a of a Bengal tiger? I don't really think I want that job. Well, they would. I wouldn't. Yeah. Apparently. Anyway, I thought uh, you were about to go down the that Netflix documentary road, but yeah. you're clear of that for now. <laughs> no. Yep. Different I'm segment, just, different show. I'm, <laughs> I don't even know what show you're talking about. <laughs> uh, well, um, you know, we got some. Strange happenings. There's lots of news starting to break now. You know, for weeks we sat around uh, wondering what was going to happen. This week we got GDP for the first quarter. Now, you know, we really didn't shelter in place for most of the first quarter. It wasn't until, um, what, end of February, early March, that we really started holding up. Yeah. I think it was probably Mid-March. even more like March 20th. Yeah. Uh, so it was toward the end of the first quarter. First quarter, mm-hmm. gross domestic product, negative 4.8%. Wow. It's unbelievable. Economists expected yeah. 4% negative. Uh, we got worse than that. There's some that are saying we could see significant double digits reports um, in in the second quarter, maybe as much as 37%, I'm reading. Wow. Yeah, unbelievable. unbelievable. Yeah. That's, uh, that's Great Depression level stuff. Uh, yeah, that's brutal. Which that's, is why it's, it's so surprising to see markets as stable as they are. I mean, clearly some of it was already priced in. It just came down as far as it did, right? But to be seeing the unemployment rate where it's at and now this GDP number and everything for markets to be fairly stable, I would say, relatively stable anyways, Yeah, uh, it's quite a surprise. Yeah, we saw, speaking of unemployment, uh, employment situation and consumer was uh, really the strength of of our uh, economy in the last couple of years. Uh, all that seems out the window at the moment. Um, 
we saw 3.87 million new claims, uh, jobless claims. Uh, The uh, insured unemployment rate is uh, 12.4% right now. Uh, We've got continuing claims over 17 million now. Wow. Uh, The thing that I will tell you is this is, in in a lot of ways, being likened to uh, a natural disaster. Um, if you look, and, and the, the data is out there, you can go and uh, check out New Orleans uh, prior to Katrina, Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. Uh, they experienced a significant spike in unemployment as well. And even though it damaged their physical infrastructure, uh, within three months, that spike was gone. And what was strange about that that we won't see this time is uh, you saw unemployment after Katrina actually fall significantly because many people who had lived there prior moved away. They moved to either Houston right. or many yeah. of them are in, in Atlanta. Sure. Uh, so, um, you know, the, we won't see that here. numbers, Troy, um, saying that, you know, a, a lot of people who were maybe thinking about retirement or close to retirement prior to this have, have just said, oh, to heck with it, I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and exit the labor force. And so that might have an impact on future uh, unemployment numbers too probably not nearly to the effect of uh, the the exodus from Katrina but uh, might have an impact yeah no have doubt. you guys seen any uh, information on what the attributable rate of this is to just say the restaurant workers which I would think that's what I've been talking with some clients about that have been asking about this in terms of how short-lived it could be you know I mean how, how quickly we get back to uh, whatever normal is going to look like after this will somewhat be impacting that unemployment rate either quickly or or not so quickly because I would think, and I don't know the answer to this, I haven't looked at it myself, but I'm just curious if y'all have seen anything about what part of this unemployment picture is attributable to the restaurant workers who are filing for it that across the country obviously are are now going to be unemployed, but maybe temporarily so if we can get back to that level of normalcy. Yeah, well, I mean, the point to the point to my prior comments is that I think a lot of this will be temporary. I mean, we mm-hmm. don't have uh, physical infrastructure issues. What we have is economic infrastructure issues. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I'm going to be amazed if we don't see uh, a good bit of bankruptcy in smaller businesses. Um, you know, you got if if you were heavily levered coming into this thing, uh, you still have to be able to to uh, manage that, service your debt, right. uh, or have a very understanding banker. Um, we looked at, uh, you know, we've got some numbers that we'll talk about in a minute uh, from earnings from uh, S&P 500 where financials were just abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think that you will see quite a few of the folks come back Quickly, I don't think we're going to see 3.5% unemployment, which is what we were at prior to this uh, pandemic and, and the shelter in place and, and all the damage that's been caused. I don't which think is about you're full see employment, that. right? Is that well, it, prior to, roughly? yeah, prior to, to uh, maybe two years ago, we were talking about full employment was really more around 5%, then it crept down to 4%, and then we saw unemployment for for quite a few months in a row at three and a half percent you know it was it was amazing uh, not only was unemployment very low but we also were seeing uh, wage growth starting to spike so you know we we saw a consumer that was really carrying 
if there was an atlas, consumer was carrying the globe, right? Yes. And especially in the United States, our domestic economy was definitely being um, being boosted by uh, by the consumer, and and a lot of it went right down to that. You know, jobs yes. and and uh, things were good at the time. But um, the thing that's strange to me is, like I say, we get uh, 4.8% negative GDP. For the week, the market is up 4%, according to the S&P 500. Uh, leading the charge, energy. Imagine that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you look longer term. Uh, Year-to-date, energy's down 35.79%. This week, it's up 96 Now, it's got to come back quite a bit before it <laughs> it gets back to even. Uh, you know, if, uh, if you're looking at, at longer term, maybe I can find my papers here. Uh, Guess what, guys? 12-month return on the S&P 500, positive, 0.81%. Yep. Um, energy's down 38.42%. So we're back flat for the year on the mm-hmm. S&P 500. Which there's a lot of reminders going around about that because I'll tell you, I've had a few people lately here in the past couple of weeks saying to me, they feel like they've set themselves back a few years at least on their retirement. And I remind them how much it's come back and that they're basically where they were this time last year. And I said, did, did you feel that way then Yeah. as you do now? I mean, I know we've, we've come through quite the uh, the turbulent period here these past you know couple of months, but that, that shouldn't necessarily deter your retirement plans, which is why the planning piece of, of all this is so important. But ultimately, yeah. if, if any of you out there – or in that same boat and are feeling like this has set you back on your retirement plan years, I would I would ask you whether or not you felt that same way or that you were that many more years from retirement at this point last year. Because to Troy's point, we are about where we were this time last year. Well, the other piece yeah, is to show you how much of that is behavioral, you know, yeah. uh, I, I, different feelings com- coming through that downturn that we've seen over the past couple of months and then bouncing back and there's a roller coaster that we're on. Uh, people just not as confident as they were this time last year, even though they're in effectively the same position. Yeah. Right, and and let's let's talk a little about this too. Uh, talk about being behavioral. Um, you guys never, I would imagine, plan to gain thirty one percent in a year on your equity investments, do you? Well, we're not supposed to plan for that. That's what I. That's what I, <laughs> that's what I got worked into these projections. Exactly. What do you mean? You might want to put a new. Eraser on your pencil there. <laughs> no, it's good to see, but it's never part of the plan. Exactly. Sure. So, you know, I keep telling folks, and, and nobody worries uh, when the market's up, I feel like, except me. Uh, and in January, we had a meeting, and we talked to all our clients, and we told them, um, you know, in, in 2019, the market was up 31.48%, something like that. So we'll call it 31 and a half. Yeah. Uh, earnings were up. on the S&P 500, and we had that huge gain. You know, I I don't know how many times I have to tell you that things were expensive. And, oh, by the way, when you look at certain metrics on the market right now, we're back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're back. It's looking looking pretty expensive again, and, and, you know, earnings have come out, I guess, for the first – or we're in the middle of earnings season right now for the first quarter. Right. Doesn't, doesn't tell us a, a whole lot, really, as far as the impact of the virus, as you've already mentioned, Troy. But right. uh, I guess the market is clearly almost overlooking the next couple of quarters, at least, it seems. It, it, I mean, assuming that we're going to have 
ridiculously bad earnings growth uh, for the next, you know, at least for second quarter and probably into the third quarter. Um, You know, the market is not priced like that. Exactly. Well, Casey, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, let's flesh that out. But we'll have a dog of the week this week. Take care. You're listening to Money Talks. Dog of the Week this week. We hadn't had a Dog of the Week in quite a while. I've uh, been trying to cover lots of information, and uh, so here we go. Plenty uh, of dogs to cover, right? Yeah, no That's doubt. A... There's, a, there's a backup, believe it or not. And I, I'm just going to give you an overall theme of the Dogs of the Week this week. It is the response quite often by the government to issues that they're having to deal with today. So, number one, the FDA made a note this week that over 1,500 new companies have filed and began use, or began producing uh, hand sanitizer during this COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, they're all proud of that. They're very, um, very appreciative. The one thing that they do want them to do, though, is make it taste worse. <laughs> this <laughs> what? <laughs> Jared, you mean you don't eat hand sanitizer? <laughs> What they want to do is make sure that anyone who would remotely want to put it in their mouth would immediately spit it out. They say young people actually tend to get it in their mouth more often than you might think. So the FDA appreciates... What is it, about 180 proof? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. I I don't know. I mean, come Uh, on. I mean, I I usually don't drink anything stronger than shoe polish, but, you know, if if you want to be drinking... (laughs) That's what I'm saying. How how much of a deterrent can that really be? If if you're willing to put up with the taste currently, I don't know how much worse is really... I don't know. I will say... I will say I've seen uh, a lot of the, the people who are producing the hand sanitizer now uh, seems to be concentrated in breweries. Um, you know, I know I know Scofflaw Brewery, I know Gate City. Some of these br- local breweries have, have turned to producing yeah. hand sanitizer for uh, for people. So yeah. maybe that maybe there's some of the confusion lies in that. And they've had a, a few too many brews, and then they mistake the hand sanitizer for. Something else. Very Looks well, like there's could something be. to that. Yeah, we've got some info here about some breweries that uh, are going through just that. Well, and number two on the list. I mean, if you're driving down the road in these times and uh, you see somebody swerving in front of you, it could be that they're not really drunk on hand sanitizer. It could <laughs> be that they are a new Georgia driver. I don't know if you realize this, but. Georgia has uh, decided that they will take the parents, uh, I guess they're taking the word of the parent and still issuing driver's license to new drivers without the road test, without the written test. Because of the pandemic. Just because the parent says, yeah, they need a, they need a driver's license and, um, and they can drive. Don't sweat them. Well, it worked well with stated income on the on the mortgages back in those seven. Why not? Well, if you fall into that weird little spot where you were about to get your driver's license, I would say before uh, the end of this pandemic, I, you know, just uh, however it works, call your uh, 
Call your local driver's license agency. Have your parents get on mm-hmm. the phone and tell them, hey, I can drive. That's crazy. The kid can well, let's, drive. Let's face it. Those, those tests weren't all that difficult to begin with, so I don't well, know how much that's really going to change anything. It varies. Some, you know, Most of the time it's just in a parking lot. There are some municipalities or some areas where the state patrol actually makes you get out and drive on the road. But uh, <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, how weird. Do they really have to be somewhere that badly? If my kids were in that position, I would say, what? I I understand you want it, but, I mean, come on, where where are you in a rush to get to? It seems to defy all logic. Shelter in place, but go get your driver's license. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I mean, I don't get it. But, I mean, that's the world we live in today. That is a good dog right there. Yeah, well, then there's another one here. Um, uh, Governor Andy Bashir, governor of Kentucky, he had to apologize because on a call he was talking about unemployment in the state. And uh, he was saying that there had been some fraud going on, or he believed there had, because Tupac Shakur had actually um, applied for unemployment in the state of Kentucky. <laughs> that would probably... Uh, well, <laughs> there is more to the story. Yeah. He came out and had to apologize to Mr. Shakur, because he really does exist, and he really did file for unemployment in the state of Kentucky. Wow. As odd as that oh, might yeah. sound. Not well, not a common uh, name. I thought but... I saw Elvis Presley show up somewhere too. <laughs> <on> the... <laughs> hey, you can change your name to wow. anything you want, there, Mister Casey. In fact, I might just start <laughs> calling you the King. That might have set a dangerous precedent for the election. Uh, yeah, maybe. And and uh, the the uh, news doesn't stay in the states either. Um, there's a small Swedish town who uh, you know was worried about. It's it's a college town. And I'm looking for the name. Can't find it right away, but I will tell you that what they do, I think it's Luban, uh, Sweden. I doubt that most folks that are listening to us are going to visit there, especially since this actually happened last week during the week. Uh, On April 30th, every year, they celebrate Walpurgis Night. KC, are you familiar with this? Can't say that I I am on that one. Yeah, okay. Well, St. Walpurgis was a, a... a woman who was uh, credited with um, running off uh, all kind of weird things, including witches out of Sweden. Um, and uh, in, in doing so, she uh, this was in the year 870. So uh, she, she got herself a, a night. They still celebrate this. It happens on April 30th and May 1st. Uh, this college town of about 125,000 people was worried that in the middle of this pandemic and the, the need to social distance that folks were going to show up and hang out in their park drinking beer and, you know, building bonfires, which is the tradition. Uh, I had no idea that this was even a thing. But they came up with an awesome response. They decided that in order to prevent um, a lack of social distancing, if you will, Sure. Uh, they would provide uh, a pretty thick layer of chicken manure to the green on the park grass. But that smelled wonderful. Well, and that's what they said, that they thought that it would keep people from hanging out and building bonfires <laughs> in the middle of their park. <laughs> so uh, uh, the only it thing that I think... It smells like that would keep people from doing doing their thing, just come over to my basement where I'm working from home. <laughs> and, uh, I can relate. There you go. Well, well, the thing that I think they probably were a little short-sighted, think about your town square uh, full of chicken manure. Uh, what do you think the people that live close by are going to have to deal yeah, with no for the kidding. next few weeks? 
The I mean, foul odor of chicken manure. It doesn't go away overnight, guys. You know, they're thinking, there was an easier way to do this. <laughs> there might have been. How about just a water hose? <laughs> I mean, come on. That's a heck of just a Just turn the sprinklers on, guys. I mean, what are you going to do? Make a mud hole or full of chicken manure? Uh, All right. Well, um, that, that'll that be pretty much it unless you guys had something you wanted to talk about. But that's no, uh, those, that's all it is for my, my dogs of How the week. How can we follow that? I I don't know. Should you follow that is a bigger question. Um, You know, we (laughs) talked a little about performance going into uh, in our first segment, but I did want to flesh it out a little more. Um, You know, we said over the last 12 months, the market's now back to positive. Um, And and I even made a comment or two about the expense of the market. But uh, information technology over the last 12 months is up 18.1%. Uh, I think I mentioned energy was down 38.42%. Financials is kind of in the basement right there with them, down 16.5%. Industrials down 15.7%. So uh, there's a lot of grief there. Healthcare, uh, which has been kind of the cornerstone in helping us through uh, this COVID-19 pandemic, is up 14.5% over the last 12 months. That's pretty important when you think that coming into this thing, Healthcare had trailed for quite a long time, and a lot of it was because of uh, of the government's, um, I, I guess, regulation and and maybe even attitude toward profitability in healthcare. Uh, but it seems well, and there's that some some expectation, you know, that at that point the election was the Democratic primaries were going on, you know, and you're um, absolutely right. Not sure who the candidate was going to be and whether we'd have a more of a socialist regime yeah, possibility, uh, I think. You're, you're absolutely right. In. Yeah, uh, Bernie doing well in the early days actually definitely weighed on health care, so uh, that's a good call, Casey. Um, you know, if you look year-to-date, like we say, the market's down 9.28% at its peak from, uh, from uh, February 19th to March 23rd. We saw the market lose 33.9%. Uh, so it was definitely the killing of a long-term bull market uh, had been intact since March 9th of 2009, uh, but but uh, that has since come off the table. Believe it or not, year-to-date information technology is up 0.31%. So uh, you know we, I mean, think about it though. We pretty much cruised, have cruised so far through this, still using all of our technology. Very few places yeah. uh, in the in the information technology sector have have suffered significantly. Uh, because well, Troy, you said it earlier. The, I mean, we're only down less than ten percent year to date, and yet we're expecting double digit earnings uh, or uh, GDP growth in the second quarter. So double digit uh, negative, negative GDP growth, <laughs> right, right? Right. So, so yeah. I mean, that just seems it seems crazy in terms of valuation. Yeah, the market could be only down less than 10% when the GDP is going to take such a big hit. Absolutely. Well, there's one more thing that I want to mention, and and we're going to run just a little long here, but uh, earnings, uh, we're about halfway through first quarter earnings reporting season for the S&P 500. Uh, Earnings surprised negative 104, so analysts and their adjustments have actually been relatively close, just a little bit off to the high side, and uh, earnings growth negative 11%. Uh, the worst spot of the whole bunch, financials, negative 41.98%. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about 
uh, financials and and uh, whether or not your your banker's going to be too happy these days. After earnings like right. that, I'm doubting it. I'm doubting it. And uh, like I say, the surprise has been relatively close though. So. Um, Let's uh, take a real quick break right here, and when we come back, we will talk a little more about what's been going on in the economy and financial markets. Money Talks. We'll be right back. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Casey Smith. And uh, we've been talking lots about what's going on in the financial markets and the economy lately. Uh, if you have questions, we'd love to hear from you. You can call our question hotline at 1-855-429-9166. Uh, the way it works, you'll get our voicemail uh, and the beep, and you can answer right behind it, including your question. We'll play your question on the air and answer that question right behind the uh, recording. Um, if you'd rather talk to a human being, you can always call us at 770-429-9166, ask for the radio show, or you can ask for Kelly Lynn, who is our... Uh, what are you, Kelly Lynn? She's our uh, radio show producer, and uh, she'll get you... Uh, she'll get your question and make sure that we answer it on the air. You can also email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Um, just let us know what you got going on, what your question is, and uh, we'll answer that. Or you can go to our website. In fact, there's a lot of stuff that we've actually done on our website uh, just for COVID-19, uh, the government response. We've got a, a coronavirus page that talks a lot of a lot about uh, the CARES Act, COVID-19, um, you know, the, the PPP, EIDL, uh, and, and uh, you know, small businesses. Uh, this is a great resource for you if you run or own a small business. Again, that's Hensler.com, spelled H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. You can also go on and uh, sign up for our newsletter. All it's going to cost you is... Um, an email here or there because we are going to ask for your email um, address and uh, it's got our radio show newsletter. You can go on and see uh, Jarrett McKenzie's smiling face and uh, that full head of hair that he's got. Oh yeah. Um, thick. Yeah. You hear Casey's <laughs> laughing. Uh, you can also see me uh, without a beard. Now I'm growing a Corona beard mm -hmm. just so you know. Suits you well. I've been been growing the beard since uh, we were all sheltered in place, and uh, I keep telling everybody I'm going to shave it off as soon as we're done. Some people like it. I think it's probably just because you see less of me, and it's just a big fuzzy spot on my face. The only thing that matters is what the wife thinks about it. Uh, yeah. Well, she she's not kicked me out yet, so I guess that's a plus. I'm still, <laughs> there, I'm still there's your answer. <laughs> there is your answer. There you go. I think it's Casey, funny how many of us have, have, have grown the corona beards. Yeah, you, know, you got uh, one too, right? Not just us. Yeah, I went the same route. Uh, yeah. You know, not having to come to the office every day. Why, why bother shaving every day? There you go. And uh, hopefully your your cat is not in there raking around right now. They they haven't uh, <laughs> misused you in the process. 
All right. <laughs> That's right. I, I'll, I'll be shaving this thing pretty quick if that happens. <laughs> yeah, if the cat gets <laughs> stepping around in my beard, I guarantee you I'm gone. I don't have a cat, thankfully, mm-hmm. but uh, I guess the neighbor's cat can always come see me. All right, so we have some questions that we'd like to answer. Uh, first of all, this is Noah from Atlanta who wrote, uh, I've been more aggressive with my investments. I used to keep seven to eight-year rule, uh, but after a solid 2019, it's more of a six-year rule, meaning I only have six years of liquidity. Have I screwed myself? Well, that's putting it blunt. <laughs> um, do I invest in dividend stocks and then sweep the dividends into some sort of fixed instrument? Uh, I just can't see buying treasuries right now. Um, first of all, uh, let's just talk about the 10-year rule, which is what we prefer. Uh, there's some science behind it. Uh, what we recommend is having 10 years of liquidity, meaning money that you know you'll need within the next 10 years, uh, sitting on the, well, not necessarily on the sidelines, but sitting in fixed income, right. uh, not um, subjected to the volatility of the equities markets. We know that um, stocks and the stock market can go up and down uh, often at no notice. I mean, who could have forecasted in uh, January of 2020 that by uh, March 23rd, the market would be down 33%. We would have lost exactly. one third of our market. Yep. to a virus that we didn't even see coming. Now, it was out there, but it was a China thing at the time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. We can't forecast uh, volatility. I will tell you that if you measure back to 1928 or thereabouts on the S&P 500, which, you know, the market has been uh, recalculated because the, the S&P 500 really didn't come out until 19, 1950, but the the largest 500 companies by market cap can be determined all the way back to that date. Sure. Uh, if you go back that far, 9.3% annually is the return. So what I'm telling you is long-term, best place to grow wealth and beat inflation is the equities market. If you need the money in the short term, uh, put it in something that's not going to fluctuate so much. Right. And and that's what we've talked about all along. Yeah. Um, and and you know what I, you know we've talked about this at length lately. Mm-hmm. You know we've made mention of 31 and a half percent in 2019, the gain on the stock market. What happens when you do that? Do you, I mean, you guys, Casey, Jarrett, uh, you guys talk to clients all the time. You're, it, what did you get when you asked them, "Hey guys, we need to take a little off uh, off the top and put it aside because you have spending needs that we've identified." in a financial plan. By the way, right. that's the only way to do this. Right? Yeah. You have to have a financial plan to figure it out. Exactly. And to your point, well, I mean, really what we're trying to do is align what we see from the plan, the, the liquidity needs we see from the plan, with those fixed income securities so that they, you, you've got the fixed income maturing at or around the same time that you need that money. And I mean, let's be honest, it, it's not an ideal time to be utilizing a strategy that's going to force you to go from, you know, uh, an asset class that was returning what stocks did in 2019, which is why we're getting a lot of the pushback uh, when trying to cover for liquidity. Um, and maybe why Noah here chose not to, because it's really hard to let go of an asset that is earning you that kind of a return with the intention of putting it into something that's not earning. I mean, even if fixed income was in a normal environment and let's say it was still getting five or six percent 
on average, and and to some degree right now it's actually doing fairly well if you look at the bigger picture. But it's very difficult to convince someone that that is the the way to go. And it's not until you run into a situation like this where the sensibility of that starts to really kind of creep back up and and show you that hey, there was a reason for that. Uh, we're not putting the money there because where we that's where we think you're going to get the best return. To Troy's point. Over the long run, the the equities are going to give you that. But we want you to be able, especially if you are in retirement, to be able to navigate a situation like this without being forced to sell equities during a time like this, because that's really where you get in trouble. Yeah, nothing highlights it like the time we're in right now. And and the clients who are following the 10-year rule, you know, we get calls from them and they're thanking us for you know, forcing them to to put that 10th year of liquidity in place last year when the market was up 30%. And then now they've seen values fall, especially when we were at the lows of, in, in late March. Um, and it really highlights the value of the 10-year rule and knowing that, you know, I, I don't really care what the market's doing today or even this year or in the next two or three years because I don't need that money. And so it, it's really it's the same concept as, you know, people have with their house. If, if I know that my house is in a situation where, you know, it's not, it's decreased in value some from where I know that I, or I think that it's worth, as long as I'm not trying to, to move, then what do I care yep. uh, where, where the value is? So uh, it's the same concept and it's just, you know, it's a little bit easier to think about it when it's a, an illiquid asset like real estate. Um, but when it's, you know, uh, stocks, then nobody wants to sell it when they're doing so well. Yeah. Uh, people just want to buy more. And then when, when something like this happens, it's too late. <laughs> well, it's so important because you're you're actually not only accomplishing that objective in terms of covering your liquidity to ensure that you're not forced to sell equities in a time like this, but it it can also help with the rebalancing process. I mean, you the what, what we're looking to sell in a time like that is these companies like Apple that are up 80%, 90% almost over the year and their earnings barely grew at all. Right. If you got that kind of a return, you're probably overweight. And that's a great security in a, in a time like that to look at and say, I need to get this back into proper alignment, and I could also use those gains to cover liquidity. And you're really accomplishing you know, two things at once, which is really the, the rationale I try to use and get people to see is just that. You're, 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 the point is to buy low and sell high, right? So exactly. <laughs> I might not be buying it's, low. It's a, time a behavioral like thing. I mean, it protects right. you from yourself, and that's the biggest, that's the biggest reason that we use it more than anything is that it's going to keep you from, ideally, going to keep you from making the decision to sell when the market's down 30 or 40 percent, um, because you know you've got that liquidity and you don't need that money. Absolutely. Yeah, one thing I would like to speak to, just, you know, in Noah's question, he asked uh, years 8, 9, and 10, should I, you know, use dividend-paying stocks? Uh, dividend-paying stocks are still going to be subjected to the volatility of the market, uh, but it is a great point to make. Uh, if you look from the previous market high back in 2007, uh, the price appreciation to today is about 85%. If you add the total return, about 60% on top of that uh, to a, a total of 142% um, was dividend reinvestment. I mean, that's significant. If you take this back to the tech bubble, the top of the tech bubble was March 24, 2000. Uh, since then, we've got um, 181.16% return total. 90.15% of that return, exactly half, dividends. 
Wow. It's made up dividends. If you go back to Black Tuesday from uh, the Great Depression, which was October 29th of 1929, uh, we're up a whopping 12,700% price appreciation alone. If you add in the dividend, 288,657%, only 0.04% or, or 4% rather of your total return comes from price appreciation, making it uh, absolutely uh, a different situation when you think of it in those terms. Yeah, good perspective. No doubt. Guys, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, we'll do the same. Talk some more about financial markets and all the fun stuff that's been happening lately. You're listening to Money Talks. Stick around. How can you see my eyes like open Need to prepare. Need to prepare. Life can turn on a dime. Know where your dimes are. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon here today with uh, Casey Smith and Jarrett McKenzie, and uh, we've been talking quite a bit. If you would like to have your question answered by a panel on this show, we'd love to hear from you. Our question hotline is 1-855-429-9166. Uh, you'll call, get our recording, uh, give us your question uh, after the beep, and we'll play that on the air and answer right behind it. You can also call and talk to our show producer, Kelly Lynn. You can ask for Kelly Lynn at 770-429-9166, uh, or you can ask for the radio show. She'll get you uh, get you taken care of there. Or you can email us at drgene@hensler.com. That's spelled D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Or you can go to our website. We've got lots of great information. Uh, you can also sign up for our newsletter there, which will give you uh, the ability to uh, see a lot of our the content that we prepare uh, for clients as well as the radio show. Um, you can probably even see the hosts on Hensler.com slash newsletters. Uh, we also have a coronavirus page, which we would love to uh, be able to share with you. Small business information on there a lot for the, uh, you know, participating in the response, PPP, EIDL, lots of information there. So Hensler.com, that's where to go. Uh, so, guys, um, we got a question here from Armin from Douglasville who asks, uh, now that I no longer have to take my RMD this year, my income is definitely going to be lower. Are there moves I can make that'll put me in a better position later? What do you think? Yeah, Ar Armin, good, very good question. Uh, something that we've been talking about a lot lately with clients, and um, you know, certainly, you know, uh, part of the CARES Act that was passed and we've talked about on the show, and uh, it's related to coronavirus, is that you do not have to take a mandatory distribution from your retirement account for 2020. Uh, so that, that definitely opens up some opportunities. One of the things we were looking at is, is converting funds to Roth IRA. Um, you know, not only is it a good time to do that because you don't have to take your R&D, so you can essentially replace that income that you would have had from your R&D, go ahead and convert to Roth. Um, you know, normally if you have an R&D, you wouldn't be able to do that because uh, you have to take your R&D first, and then you can convert to a Roth above and beyond that. Uh, so this does keep give you an opportunity to kind of keep yourself in a similar position tax wise, but get money into a Roth IRA, uh, which is going to grow tax free. And that could be beneficial for you or 
or uh, your heirs down the line, um, you know, part of the act that was passed at the end of last year um, was um, uh, a, a provision that uh, eliminated the stretch IRA. So now if you inherit a traditional IRA or a Roth IRA for that matter, you have to take a distribution from that uh, so that that account is depleted after 10 years. Um, doesn't have to be equal distributions. You could take it all in the 10th year, but that's going to create a pretty big tax burden for your beneficiaries, your non-spouse beneficiaries, um, at the point uh, that they have to take, distribute funds from a traditional IRA. If you get it into a Roth now, then that's going to be better for better for them for sure. So uh, something to think about is, as far as that's concerned. Um, Jared, you want to maybe talk yeah. about another opportunity, capital gains? Exactly. That's something I've been encouraging a lot of people to do because we do have quite a few clients that have legacy positions they've held for a really long time or that have a very low cost basis and still have very large gains or, or at least you know relatively large gains uh, compared to other, other investments. And so while it's not ideal to sell equities in a time like this, if you are going to be reinvesting that same money into the same asset class, even though you might be selling at a depressed or lower price, uh, which in some cases you, you wouldn't be. There are a number of investments that are still up on the year. Uh, but at the same time, if, if you're putting that money back to work uh, in stocks that maybe you're buying that are, are really on sale and have gotten unjustifiably hurt throughout this whole ordeal, uh, I think it's a great time to do that because you, you've you got this room now where there's not going to be this additional income. And if if tax liability was what was causing you to hesitate from selling that investment to this point, uh, it's a really good opportunity to go ahead and do that now with the intention of putting it right back to work uh, and, and faring a lot better from a tax standpoint. So cap gains, Roth conversions, those would be the big two, uh, and certainly something we would encourage for those that don't need their required minimum distributions now and, and not being forced to take them, you know, take advantage of these other opportunities. Yeah, it makes uh, for a much more diversified portfolio when you uh, get rid of those big positions because you've been hanging on to them because of tax, right? Yeah, exactly. And some, I mean, you know, because or at least lower. We talked them. before about yeah. about that Roth. You know, the benefits of having both traditional IRA or, or pre-tax money, as well as you know Roth IRA or, or tax-free money, and the flexibility that that gives you, having that diversification of your your tax location. Uh, and so that's that's a, a valuable thing to have most of most of the time. Obviously, circumstances will dictate, but um, talk to your advisor about that. I think it, it's probably a good opportunity. Plus, stocks being down at least uh, a little bit now, not as much as they were a month ago, but that does generate another opportunity for Roth conversions as well, just because you can get more shares probably into the Roth for a same tax dollar. Yeah, well, that's the focus um, for someone that's definitely uh, not taken theirs already. We've got a number of clients that uh, have already taken their RMDs and are wondering, you know, what options they have for uh, recontributing that back to their IRA because th there have been some uh, – allowances, I guess you could say, uh, both with not only with the CARES Act and any COVID-19 related items, but there's also a 60-day rule that enables you to put money back into an IRA. Um, if, if you've taken it out within the past 60 days, you do get one of those every 12 months. And if you've not done that already uh, and are looking to get it back into the IRA, assuming you've taken it and, and don't need that money, uh, then it's something to consider for sure, you know, while you still have a chance because it's going to be a lot easier to do that while you're still within that 60-day window, assuming that you don't have any coronavirus-related uh, circumstances. So. And the, the IRS actually issued a, a, some guidance uh, or a notice on that ext and extended that 60-day window 
So distributions that were taken between February 1st and May 15th actually have until July 15th to get that money back in as a 60-day rollover. So oh, yeah, good um, point. if you took your distribution on February 1st, between February 1st and May 15th, um, I mean, May 15th hasn't happened yet, so you still have a few days there, <laughs> but you can get it back in until July 15th um, as as a uh, just a normal 60-day rollover back into the account. Um, and then if you if you were happen to take your distribution really early in the year, you know, January uh, time frame, then uh, you would have to be impacted by the coronavirus-related, you know, distribution, which is part of the CARES Act. We're going to be sending out a, a newsletter here shortly, so again, go subscribe. That's um, going to detail a lot more about how to do that and how to um, put money back in the in the IRA if you need to. Awesome. Thanks, Casey. Uh, well, that's going to do it for the show this week. I'm going to tell you, I think the market's up again next week. Got to be from here. What do you think, Casey? I'm going to go flat. Flat. Come on, Bill Laco. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.